Hey guys, thanks for joining us this week of the Jared Hudson for Sheriff podcast. Go ahead and subscribe, share with your friends, listen to it, give us some feedback and some comments so we can know maybe future interviews you would like to see. Enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, Jared Hudson here with Jared Hudson for Sheriff Podcast. Today we have someone going to interview me again, because I know a lot of people like hearing me get interviewed as opposed to me interviewing others. Miss Kimberly Genty, I'll let her talk about herself in just a little bit. But if you haven't followed us, go ahead and follow us, subscribe, like, go all over the Twitter sphere so you can figure out where we're at, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you, you might be seeing ads on Facebook now. Click those ads, fill out something so Stephen has more people to respond to. Um, it's not just good enough to click and go to the landing page. Go ahead and send him a message and say, Stephen, I want a response uh, because he doesn't have enough time uh, in his day to deal with that, so that's going to add to it. But, no, go ahead, like, follow, subscribe, and continue to support us on November the 8th, the general election. Get out and vote your values. Vote Jared Hudson for sheriff, but get out and vote your values. That is your – uh, that is your duty, and that is your right as an American citizen, and everybody needs to get out and vote on November the 8th. This is a gubernatorial election, and normally we have like a 52 53% turnout in gubernatorial elections. Let's get 100% voter turnout. Everybody get out and vote because it is your duty and your right. So without further ado, Miss Genty's going to interview me, but first I want her to talk about herself a little bit. Tell us about your background in politics and just who you are. So, um, again, I'm... Kimberly Genty. Um, I've been in politics all of my life. My whole family has been uh, working on campaigns, bettering uh, whatever community we, or tried to better whatever community we lived in. Uh, most recently, I have run for city council for the city of Birmingham twice. Um, not a successful election, but I learned a lot. Um, and today I'm here as a concerned wife, mother, and grandmother um, because I feel like we're the Jefferson County, Birmingham areas in a bit of a, we're, we're looking at a storm and I don't mm -hmm. think everybody is aware of just how big a storm it is, but to me, it's important to have the right leader in place to make sure me and mine are safe. So I'm here to, well, grill you. Come on, kinda, come on with kinda. it. I love it. So, uh. <laughs> so real quick, I, w I do want to ask this. So, so you you've run for for Birmingham City Council. You've mm -hmm. you come from a background, a family who's been mm -hmm. in politics. What well, uh, what exactly did your family do in politics? If you don't mind so, sharing that. So, um, basically, my mother was the uh, second vice chair of the Democratic nominating committee in Georgia. Um, before that, she's worked on numerous local, state, and county campaigns, as well as my grandfather, who did a lot of lobbying for education and uh, civil rights in Florida. And so I've kind of grown up around state reps and, um, you know, our congressmen and senators and state senators. So it's just always been a part of my life serving and volunteering and just working on campaigns so, in general. So your political experience, or at least, you know, any time you've had any family involved in politics, it's not just solely Birmingham or even no. the state of Alabama. You've done it. It's been across Florida, the southeast, Georgia, Georgia yeah. Florida, Alabama now. Mm -hmm. uh, what what have you seen in Birmingham, the politics in Birmingham, maybe that you want to share, at least running, that might be different than those places or similar uh, to those places. You know, politics is politics anywhere, you know, your office, you know, your local, your local government. But I found here it's a lot more cliquish. And being that I'm from mm. Florida, I'm not necessarily in the clique, but I'm looking at things from more of a 360 view. And while running, I realized there was a lot of people that they're just closed off to anything other than maintaining. 
um, and that could be maintaining status, maintaining a seat of power, or just maintaining the status quo. Um, I don't know if that comes from lack of exposure. Um, I mean, I haven't seen the world, but I've seen enough to know that there's something else out there. Mm. Um, and so that kind of closed, isolated, just functioning in a silo. You know, if, you, if you're not a part of the same group or go to the same churches or fraternities or sororities or what have you, you kind of don't get the, the same attention or there's not as much, um, they're not as easy to reach out for a new idea if you come from the outside. So it's almost like what you've seen is almost like an adult version of high school, it seems like. Yes, <laughs> I yes, mean, it's, it was. Yes. It's very, very much, you know, you got the the jocks, the nerds, the cheerleaders, the, you know, you go down the right. list. That's kind of crazy because it's funny you mentioned that, especially with you uh, coming from more of a Democrat background. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I'm running as the Republican candidate for sheriff, and I've been involved in this very little. Now, when I was in the SEAL teams, I dealt with the politics of military, a military right, organization. Right. Uh, and then also the politics of the leadership that would maybe send us to do certain things, certain places. But it was, it was different than what I'm seeing now. And the funny thing is, is you're saying that from a Democrat side. I've seen the same thing on the Republican side. Mm-hmm. Is it's very much, and, and Stephen and I laugh and talk about this. It really is like, like a grown up version of high school. It is. You know, and it's uh, that's insane, right? It, it, it's crazy because you're just like, there's so much at stake. There's so much, so many lives, so many dollars, so much. There's just so much at stake. And it's just like, it should not be condensed down to just like, you know, who you've known all your life. That's right. Because just on GP, if, if we've gone to same places, same church, same school, we've known each other all our lives, where's the fresh idea coming from if we're both bouncing the same thing? Oh, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, absolutely. And and then also you have, you know, if you want to look at it as a as a click for per se, I'm running for Jefferson County Sheriff. Well, then I'm for everybody in Jefferson County. I don't care if you're from Birmingham, Hoover, uh, North Jefferson, where I'm from, mm-hmm. Gardendale, if you're from the, uh, you know, the the the, the Huffman, Pinson's, uh, Centerpoint, yep. Trustville, that area of North Jefferson, uh, which is where, where you would be from. You're all from your different areas, but we're all still in Jefferson County. Right. We're in this together. And I actually, that was one of the things I was running off of is, you know, I said, well, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to try to fix what's already broken so we'd be in a better position to take mm. on something new. But then the other thing that I kept saying is if I'm representing X district, when I, it's not like that district has its own pot of money and every other district has their own pot of money. If you're sitting at that and that on that dais, you are responsible for all of those money and those that line item affects everyone. That's right. And so it doesn't make sense for me to say, I'm only going to do this for my folks because somebody else is going to benefit off of that too. We're not closed off. You know, you may live in district two, you might drive to church in district three, you might work in district one. Those roads are connected. We're all connected. And I think that's the one thing that drove me nuts was everybody seems to just want to be shut off. And that's not how you survive. That's not how you build a community. But, you know, what do I know? I didn't win. So. Well, no, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. And the funny thing I find is, you know, we see we see maybe what the news puts out, maybe a national narrative, and we try to dial that into even our homes, a more specific thing. Well, mm-hmm. I'm a white man, you're a black woman, yet we're sitting here having a conversation, and we agree with one thing. I don't have grandkids. I've just got kids. And my dad did tell me, he said, man, if I knew how much fun grandkids were, I wouldn't even have had kids. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I'm right there. I, mean, he I loves, love my daughter, but this is uh, so much Love better. them grandbabies, right? So, um, it, But you, it's funny you said at the start, you said the part of the reason you ran, and then the reason you're sitting here talking with me about to ask me questions is – 
we need good leadership to protect our families. And see, that's the same thing. That's the whole reason I'm running. I felt right. the Lord called me to run, but primarily because of my wife and my daughters. We're living in Jefferson County, and we see everything that's going on around us. Uh, that and, and how how can I positively impact that? Well, for right. me, with my proclivities and my background, I was like, okay, it's run run for sheriff. That's the mm-hmm. the doors the Lord opened. For you, it was run for city council, Birmingham City Council. Uh, and there's other people all over the county doing that, but it's not. I think the national narrative or the narrative that TV tells us or media tells us, whatever it is, is that it has to be black and white, male or female, Republican or Democrat. But really what it is, is your values and my values on why why we're running are the same. We're running for our families. We're running because we see a problem and we want to step in and fix it. And that, you know what, that's the core of all of it. You know, you can let media tell you whatever they want to tell you, but... At the end of the day, everybody is searching food, jobs, a place in the world for peace. That's right. That's what we're fighting for. It's peace. We have one common enemy, and that is anybody who is disturbing that peace. Mm. And I don't have a problem with the current um, sheriff. Um, I've met him. I think he's a great guy. But I love history. And history has shown in England um, they have a wartime uh, prime minister and they have a peacetime prime minister because the skill sets— are totally completely different. different. That's right. And I feel like we're not at peacetime anymore. So we need a leader that's not necessarily geared toward that. Um, I think you have a, a, a set of skills that might help for where we better are. Um, but I think a lot of the community, at least a lot of the black community, doesn't know just where we are in the dynamic of safety. Oh, okay. And I'm just going to, I was, you know, I was going to, was one of the questions or something I was going to bring up. But I just, you know, I don't, I like to be fair and just put everything on the table. The black community does not need a white savior. And you don't come off to me as wanting to be the white savior. Um, we just need somebody to do what's right because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, our only savior is Jesus Christ. Right. We know that, right? But, right. But, and, so and he was a Jewish man. And there you go. <laughs> so, so I'm just saying. You know, it's not, you know, and I've heard people say, well, this white guy's going to come in. I'm like, okay, you haven't met him. You don't yeah, know. Okay. Um, you know, not everybody has on, you know, the great white hope or the great white savior hat. Right. Some people just live here and want to help. And that's my biggest thing. You know, if I didn't have to run, as Stephen has told me, hey, you're going to have to tailor this because somebody's going to take a clip of it and use it. But I don't want to be the sheriff. I don't. I would rather run my business and be left alone. But I felt called by God because there's a need. Mm-hmm. And I could care less where you live at in Jefferson County. But with Jefferson County going through what it's going through, I mean, what are we at? 148 murders? No, no, Homewood just no, had one the other at, day. I just looked it up. We're at 155. 155. 155. I know Homewood just had one the other day right across from the police station yes. at ATM. Um, so uh, with all that being said, we're at 155 murders. We're on track for last year, which was, you know, we were actually trending a little bit higher than last yep. year. Uh, that is problematic because that affects us all. That, that affects us all more than anything. It doesn't right. matter what community you come from, the violent crime and then the property crime. So that's my heart. When you're 10% over the national crime, uh, the national violent crime average and 20% over the national property crime average. There's a problem. With under 750,000 people in this county, the numbers don't show that we should be there. Right. And that th- there is a problem. So, well, without, you know, I won't keep uh, poaching your time to ask me questions. So right. uh, crank it off, you know, gr- grill me. Let's see, what, let's right. see how we can so, do. As you were saying, and this is perfect because we, you were talking about the numbers. So last year, Jefferson County hit an all-time high of 216 murders. And like we just said, we're at 155. 
Um, there's no sh- signs of this is slowing down right. anytime soon. So the estimates of deputies in the field is somewhere between 230 and 250 deputies in the field. And you said we had how many people in Jefferson County? I think the last census was 697,000, but I mean, under three quarters of a million. Okay, so you get, take that number and then you do some math. I'm not really great at math, but then you have somewhere between 230 and 250. Um, are we in crisis? I mean, do, are, or are we close to crisis? Like, where are we on the scale of do we have enough people to keep us safe in the sheriff's office? And what's there to be done about it? Oh, that's that is a great question. So, to, in short, I would say, yes, we are in crisis. I wouldn't be running otherwise. Uh, and the Lord has opened my eyes more and more as I said, "Hey, I believe God's calling me to run for this." And my wife's like, "Are you sure this is what we're in?" And uh, the Lord has opened my eyes more and more the closer we get here with what we see with crime, the type of crime we're seeing. We're not seeing. I hate to say victimless crimes because drug drug crimes create victims and all that. But mm-hmm. the state of Alabama is not going into the victim box. I say this a lot. Kimberly Genty's going into the victim box. Mm-hmm. Jared Hudson's going into the victim box. Stephen Nix is going into the victim box on these uh, on these crime reports, just like what happened in Pleasant Grove the other day. Yep. Somebody is being their their right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness is being taken away from them. Their mm-hmm. constitutional rights are being taken away. And one, we don't have leadership that's willing to to allow guys to do the work that needs to be done. But number two, you might not have the number of guys. Uh, and girls in the law enforcement community that can go out and properly and appropriately uh, deal with, well, the crisis that we're seeing, which is a violent and a property crime epidemic. So the people know that means you're the victim. That's the hard thing for me. We're not talking about any of the other crimes, combating drugs, combating white-collar crime or financial crime where where there still might be a person. We're talking about somebody's breaking into your home and hurting you. That, that to me, is the crisis point I think we're at. How do we... How do we fix the the problem? I will say one, and, and, and again, this is something that the campaign team kind of gets upset at me with, Is but I still have to say it. Nationally, there's an anti-law enforcement rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Uh, rightly or wrongly, it's there, and so that has negatively impacted uh, hiring or the ability to get the proper men and women in law enforcement, right? Nobody wants to do the job. Right. If I'm going to get paid $40,000 a year just to be scrutinized everything I do, um, like if I started out, I have a master's business administration, I, uh, former Navy SEAL, right? Uh, law enforcement officer. I've got all of this, these credentials. Well, I'll start out at $40,000 a year at Jefferson County Sheriff's Office. I, I can't, I can't do that. My family can't sur- survive right. on that. Um, when I could take another job, making making more money. So I'd say the first thing is the national narrative to, to law enforcement. The second thing is probably the pay or at least the start and pay to hire quality candidates into law enforcement. And the third thing is would be leadership. I would argue leadership within certain areas uh, can can make up a lot of times for that lack of pay or even lack of desire to do a hard job. If you have proper leadership, uh, one of the sayings I like to use is people don't follow titles. Right. Nobody's going to follow Jared Hudson right. as sheriff. They're not going to follow titles. They might do what I say because I'm their boss. They follow courage. Mm-hmm. They follow action. And we have, uh, in my opinion, cowardly leaders. And if they're not cowardly, they're at least they don't take action. And so it's hard for the men and women of an organization to follow anybody who doesn't take action. And I would say that's that's the third thing, in my opinion. Do you think the, the politics, because, you know, everybody says if you're in politics— First job of a politician is to get reelected. Do you think that is impacting it, some of the decisions? 
I would say I would say yes. Again, that's on the outside looking in because this is my first run of politics, right. and I, you know, if I went on November the eighth, I might know better. But I would argue, I would argue yes. You look at leadership; they're worried about keeping their jobs. So the only thing I can compare it to is on the military side. You'll see generals and admirals and guys this high up, and I sat at a table, met with quite a few of them in June, not too long ago, and everything they were saying was a political narrative. It wasn't something that matched what this – and these guys are SEALs. These these right. dudes are United States Navy SEALs. You would think that would be out of it. It wasn't matching what the guys sitting around the table who are going to have to go kick in bin Laden's door and, right. you know, protect this nation, whatever it is, right? These guys are not sitting at that table, and the conversations you have are distinctly different, I guess. So I would say yes, being mm-hmm. on the outside looking in um, – and, and, and that winds up being, well, like I said, that winds up negatively impacting the work that should be done. But not just for the, not just for the, let's say in this case, the county, the Jefferson right, County Sheriff's right. Office, for Jefferson County as a whole. Because, for instance, if we view things that way, oftentimes what's going to happen? You see violent crime going on, let's say, in Birmingham, Alabama. Right. We might send Jefferson County deputies down there, and I think a lot of times this is what law enforcement does, and there's a lot of symbolism without substance. They're riding around, but they're not doing anything. They're not positively impacting the community, but they're there, and they're right. targeting uh, the community, for lack of a better word. So my thing is we don't, I, I don't target a community. Uh, I want to target the criminal. Right. You target right. the crime, not the community, and I would argue because of that political nature to what we're doing – we put people in an area, hey, symbolism without substance, but arguably they're targeting the community. Right, um, right. And they're not actually in there targeting crime. I, I don't think it works. I agree with that. Um, and that actually, you said community, and that, that kind of brings me to um, my next question. You know, in recent years, there's been a whole lot of talk about community policing. Mm-hmm. And I realize that means different things to different mm-hmm. people. You know, some people may have the Norman Rockwell vision of, you know, the police officer walking down the beat and the kids saying hi, you know, officer so-and-so and what have you. And in other communities, um, it might be, well, they're just targeting, like you said, our community. So I guess my first question is, what is community policing to you? And do you feel like there's a place for it right now? We're in crisis mode. So is there a place for community policing or are we past that now? No, so that's, that is a great question. So the first thing, you know, the actual definition of community policing um, being what you just talked about, kind of the Rockwell definition of, hey, you've got the officer on the street team. That is, we're beyond that, not because of even the crisis that's going on, just because of the numbers of people that, that exist in the county, okay. just because of the size we are. So, for instance, um, if Jared Hudson goes down to uh, Kimberly Genty's neighborhood and I'm going to community police, I'm not part of that community. I don't know your community. I might know a a few people in the community. I know you. But the bottom line is is I'm not going to be able to effectively deal with your community. Why? Because I'm not part of that community. And even if I go in there every day for a 12-hour shift, you know, for my three days Mm -hmm. I'm on, then I'm off for a few days, and somebody else comes in, and then I go in for another four days, um, you know, on my 12-hour rotations, I'm still not part of your community. Right. So you can't community police based on that definition. So I, I argue it doesn't work anymore. Now, if you come over to Gardendale, Alabama, where I'm from, and you do the same thing, you're not part of our community, right. so you don't understand the things that, that take place. So I would argue instead of community policing being the mindset, it's got to be community partnerships. And I'm sure that's a political okay. term that's thrown out a lot. Uh, but it's got to be community partnerships where, hey, if crime is in your community right now, 
We go in as the civil government, as the authority that we are, as the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office, and we target that crime and we eradicate that crime in your community. Once that crime is eradicated and y'all are like, hey, thank you so much. We're we're living normal life. We're not sleeping in the floor anymore like some of the folks in West Birmingham have talked about. We are, we feel safe. Once that's over, you partner with the community and say, hey, we are here if you need us. We can do as much or as little as you want, and you allow that community to police themselves because that is the goal. The closest form of government to the people, and this is Otis and John Locke, the closest form of government to the people is the most effective form of government. How much better can the community that knows what's going on deal with a lot of the issues that they're having to deal with instead of law enforcement who don't know what's going on coming in and having to deal with it? Target crime, eradicate it, then help build safeguards around that community so crime doesn't infiltrate it. And then if the community calls and says, hey, we, we need help with this, we can't deal with this anymore, go in and do that. Now, I believe those community partnerships come th- from community leaders like yourself, mm-hmm. church organizations. I believe church is a huge part, especially mm-hmm. here in the South. Um, young people uh, that, 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 that are uh, maybe targeted by gangs or even, you know, hey, we want to recruit young people, especially homes where there might not be a father or mother figure, you know, and so their gangs are targeting these kids. Um Sports teams, athletics, those sort of things are, are – uh, there's a lot of statistical data out there that show that that helps with it. But you target – or you, you partner with community leaders so you don't target the community. You allow them to target because they know they're part of the community. And that's that's kind of my heart. I know it's kind of a long-winded, you know, Southern no. Baptist pastor answer. but <laughs> No, but I mean it, – but it is accurate because, you know, and I, I've said this, and if anybody's ever heard me speak anywhere else, I say it all the time. There's personal responsibility. 100%. Um, if I know at a Thanksgiving table that two or three of the people that are sitting at this table have committed some form of crime, another one's on the fence for about to do some kind of crime – this one over here, we're not sure what they're going to do. If I'm not policing my home, if I'm not policing my table, if I'm not being the best you know, member of my family I can be, I have zero to do with when they go outside in the street. And so mm-hmm. we all know who those people are in our families. Stop holding them up. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, fair is fair, right is right, because when the drama comes down, it's not going off anywhere else. It's still in that same community, in that That's same right. neighborhood. So we all have to be responsible for who's under our roof. Um, and I, I, I firmly believe in what you're saying about partnership. Actually, that was one of my next questions is, you know, with from what I understand, because I have friends that are deputies, I have friends that are Birmingham PD. Um, Birmingham, as I understand it, has dropped under 300 as far as officers in the field. And if there's only maybe if we're being generous 250 at the, at the sheriff's office, you know, is there a situation, you know, how, how would you partner? Because it's going to spill over. I mean, it's one yeah, side or the does, other. Yeah. So what what is your approach for that? Because I believe, and it's hard, and I'm not trying going to put you on the spot, because it's hard when you're running for office um, to give an answer that everybody will be happy with. Yeah. Because you haven't done the job yet, so you might think you can do it and get there like, oh, crap, I can't. Well, I can't do X, Y, and Z. That's right. right. So I'm, I'm not in any way saying, tell me exactly what you're going to do. And besides, I don't need the criminals to know exactly what you're <laughs> going to yeah, do. That's right. But I feel like in... in Birmingham, per se, you get a whole lot of, well, we're going to fix it. Well, that is great. How? Yeah, how are you going to fix it? No, that's exactly right. Well, it starts with the general answer of you target crime. And I don't go in, I'm not talking about the 15-year-old kid that's slinging dope on the street corner. That's something the community can deal with on the front end because that arguably is a moral issue, not so much a criminal issue. And I know that's going to upset a lot of people, at least from my base. You know, we got to throw everybody, does, you know, with drugs in jail. No, it's it, you have a lot of recidivism from that. 
Uh, it's, a, it's a nonstop revolving door. If there's a kid slinging dope on the side of the street and the community can deal with it, we've got to teach this young man it's a moral issue. Now, I don't like anecdotal things. This is a real-life story that I experienced as a uh, when I was before I was a deputy. I was in the SEAL teams. I was riding with a Jefferson County deputy. Arrested this kid. He was 16 years old, a young black kid. Uh, his mama called and said, hey, he's here. Come get him. I'm sick of him. You know, whatever whatever he's selling, weed or whatever. Right? You know, so we come over and pick him up. And I asked the kid, I said, I was sitting in the car with him. I said, why, why, why are you doing this? Man, you're 16. You should be playing football. You can go work. He said, man, he said, I'll get smart and y'all won't catch me again. He said, but I can make, at the time, $10 an hour is what he said. He can make at McDonald's. He said, I can make $10 an hour cutting grass or I can make $500 a day slinging dope. Those are the exact words mm-hmm. he said to me. Now, as, as a businessman, as a guy that runs a small business, master in business administration, I, I appreciate that. He's right. a fool if he doesn't do that because he hasn't been taught or he doesn't know. Or he doesn't have access to something else. So yeah, Anything else. But it, it's, it doesn't realize it's a moral decision. Mm-hmm. You're 16 years old. 18 would love to start recruiting you to come work at the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office. But guess what? Because of a moral decision you made at 16, that now becomes impossible to get you uh, mm-hmm. to somewhere better at 18, 19, or 20. So, you know, that is um, – I would argue that is the, the the first thing to help in in that that way is you don't target that stuff necessarily. You support and uphold the community to deal with that because uh, before I get to the second piece, we're, we're allotted four forms of government from God. First is self. We see that in the Garden of Eden. You're self-government. The next thing is family. Family keeps self in check. Mm-hmm. The third thing is community or church government. That keeps the family and the self in check. And the fourth and final thing is civil government, which is... Uh, would be the sheriff's office. Mm -hmm. What we oftentimes do is we try to make civil government the answer for everything. We put the sheriff's office in and say, we're the answer for everything. No, we're not. We should be the last answer. If your kid's not eating their green beans, don't call the sheriff's office. A buddy of mine actually went to that call. Dad is sitting at the table. Mom is sitting at the table and said, go ahead, take him away. Six-year-old kid. He said, I was blown away. I said, are you kidding me? He said, yep, he's not eating. Go ahead, take him away. This is what's going to happen. And my buddy said, don't call me to your house again because when I show up, I'm looking for criminal activity. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee if I dig hard enough, I'll find criminal activity mm-hmm. somewhere here, and I don't want to. And he turned around and left because the kid wouldn't eat his green beans. We are called to govern ourselves, and that's what this nation is. Yeah. You, are, uh, you are the sovereign. You're the king. That's liberty. That is mm-hmm. what liberty is. And it's, you said, individual responsibility. Yeah. So I think utilizing the civil government to, one, help uphold your individual responsibility, and two, even train or help you understand what your individual responsibility is and give the community the leadership to to deal with things that I would argue are maybe not even criminal in nature. Maybe they're just a moral decision that has to be taught and, and given more opportunities. Now, that's the front end. The second end, you have to target crime. You can't talk about targeting crime. You can't have uh, community uh, what are the things where they set up on the table, like panel discussions? Oh, uh, yeah, like a, yeah, the town halls. Town halls. You can't have town Okay, that's great if everybody wants to, to give their ideas, but the fact of the matter is that's symbolism without substance, right? Mm-hmm. The, people say the pen is mightier than the sword. The pen's only as mighty as the sword's willingness to back it. So we can talk about stuff all day long, but until we get out and we get the – and the gangs, I think uh, – Mayor Woodfin just talked about, right? It's the H2K, all these yeah. different gangs. Until you get out and actually do something, until you get out and stop these exhibition drivers that are still in folks' cars, yes. that are uh, endangering people in the in the city, until you get out and actually stop them, putting cameras up uh, around the city, that's only going to hinder, that's going to hurt everyday normal citizens right. who well, accidentally run a red light. You also don't have the officers 
I mean, what does that average out to? If you have under 300 officers, and I know city of Birmingham is supposed to have like something like 905. Yeah, not 905 would be, I think, a full, because they're the size of an L.A. precinct mm -hmm. max capacity. Jefferson County, I think in 2018, were 570 sworn, I believe it is. Maybe it's 520 sworn, but either way, yeah, now you're down to. We're under 300. That gives me pause, because that yeah, says right. to me, if we're under 300, they're not all working all day, all the time. They that's work right. in shifts. So I need, I think there's three shifts. Well, you break that under 300. Let's just take 300. I don't know what it is anymore. So that means there's 100 officers per shift? Mm -hmm. Unless somebody does overtime, that is scary to me. To to deal with, well, let's say in, in Birmingham, what do you got? How many people of Jefferson County are in Birmingham? What's the population of Birmingham, roughly? Did we know that off the top of our head? Uh, it went down. So was it 208? Okay, I, I was going to say I was going to say two hundred fifty. I was going to say like a quarter of a million. So now yeah. it's. Yeah. I was going to say a quarter of a million. So a little bit less than a quarter million people. You've got basically. Was that one percent? No, you got you know not even one percent. That's no. a tenth of a percent. You mm -hmm. got a tenth of a percent that are actively out there hunting crime. That is terrifying. Yeah, so that means you have to do a lot with a little. It means you have to hunt the real crime uh, in the city in Jefferson County. You have to hunt the real crime in the county that's going to make put your name in a victim box. And if you're not hunting that real crime, yeah, then yeah. then you're never going to fix the problem. So I guess that's my heart. I think that's how you do it. You, uh, when we went overseas, I didn't. we didn't just buckshot approach a, a village, right? I was a sniper and sniper instructor. We took very precise shots to get very specific people, right, whether it's capture or kill missions. We went and we got them. We targeted specific people that were doing terrible things. We didn't mess with the normal, everyday folks. Right. And I would argue in Birmingham, you got a lot of people who are normal, everyday folks you need to go in their communities where these criminals exist and target the criminals so normal everyday folks can live their normal everyday life in safety as this country is supposed to be. Right. Uh, it shouldn't be a war zone. It shouldn't. No. But I would say that the, the, the toll we're seeing, the death toll we're seeing, the violent crime we're seeing means it, it seems like it's becoming a war zone. Well, I mean, and, I, and just in my everyday life, the amount of people who are, you know, it's affecting them. I had a friend who was heading home, and I think he'd just gotten off the interstate at his normal exit, and not 10 minutes later was that shooting with the guy and his kids were in the car and they got yeah. to Arkadelphia, I think it was. He had just gotten off that exit heading to his house. And he's like, dear, dear Lord, how close is it going to get? Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, I've noticed everybody's kind of changing their patterns around. Like, you know, they don't go do certain things in certain places because they're not sure where the outcome is. But I agree with what you're saying about targeting the crime. If you had to, if you were elected today, what would be the top three things that you would target? Oh, well, one violent crime because that's the one. I mean, obviously, that's you're, you're taking people's lives. So violent crime, uh, which arguably comes through a lot of these gangs. I know it's a lot of the gang wars that are going on now, uh, at least from what I know from guys in law enforcement. So target the violent crime. To target the property crime because property crime more often than not leads to violent crime, which means True. somebody breaking in and trying to steal your car, right? The exhibition driving will be a good example. A lot of the vehicles that they're driving around like this are stolen. They're stolen vehicles. So you target the property crime because those are the two primary things. They, the reason, obviously, violence is important is because that's your right to life. Mm -hmm. Your right to liberty and pursuit of happiness, as outlined in the Declaration of Independence, um, came from John Locke, your right to uh, life, obviously, but liberty and property. The reason property is important, and so that for anybody out there who'd like to put the qualifiers, hey, well, look, they got insurance, they can do it. That's not the case. Right. Whatever you have, 
is your is the out uh, the outward expression of your right to life and liberty, right. and that's why property is so so important. And that's why it's outlined in our constitution. That's why it's outlined in our code because that is your home. Right. Uh, those are those are your kids in that home, and you have the you should have the ability to protect that property at all costs, protect that family at all costs from anybody who would try to to remove them from you. And as the civil government, that's what we're called to do is to uphold your constitutional rights. Not necessarily always enforce the code against you, is to uphold your constitutional right. rights. The code should, or the law, should fall in line mm-hmm. with the Constitution. I don't know if that makes sense, no, that but makes that's those sense. are the those are the top three things I say I would do, or the the top two is uh, protect life, which is your violent crime, uh, protect property, which is still, in my opinion, a violent crime, and then the third thing would. Uh, be get into every community however it is get in meet with every community obviously when you're in a leadership position it's easier to meet with Mm -hmm. communities and and ask the question what do you need from us go to birmingham police chief and say hey hey police chief look i'm the sheriff of jefferson county what is it that you need help with now we might be able to help with it we might not i don't know and we i'll give that answer when i'm there hey sorry i can't help with that but what do you need help with and when when it's presented, now I actually know because I've met with the people in this community to know, hey, this is the problem we're having. Because I can tell you right now, um, meeting with some folks in Hoover the other day, they're not that worried about violent crime. They even said that. Uh, one, of, one of the guys said, or his wife actually said, well, violent crime is, you know, that's kind of a Birmingham thing. And, uh, but we're worried about, uh, about this. And I forgot this specific, uh, specific thing they were, they were talking about, but it was, uh, but it didn't have to do with violent crime or somebody breaking into their home. Drugs. Was it drugs? Yeah, drugs. So, yeah. It's, so I think meeting with each community as well and seeing how can we best support you is another humble way to show our, our other brothers and sisters in Jefferson County uh, how we love them. And it's a Christian principle. Jesus says all the law hinges on two things, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. I can't effectively love my neighbor as myself if I don't sit down and ask my neighbor, how can I help you? You know, and so that I would say those those are the and top that's a three. Big one because more often than not, when it's this time of year and everybody's running for something, they're coming and talking at you. Mm. Rarely, and I've mm. sat through enough of these. Good lord, they're mind numbing. But people talk at you. This is what you need. This is what I see you need. But never did you stop to ask. Well, is that really what you need? Because if it is, you know, I got you. And if not, well, tell me what it is. That's right. Um, I use the analogy um, if I go to my husband and said, "Hey." I need you to help me around the house. And he's like, okay. And he gets up and he goes and cuts the grass. Well, he literally and figuratively helped me around the house. It's my fault because I didn't tell him exactly what I needed help with. Absolutely. And it's a shared responsibility too. You know, he didn't ask and I didn't tell. And so then when you get what you get. So you're saying it's a, yeah, it's a two way street. So the community has to be willing to say, hey, look, this is we, we need. need you to do this. And and then me as the sheriff, I have to be willing to go to that community and say, hey, what do you need? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and like you said, it's and, and, and it's not just a one and done thing. No. Right. Let's say sheriff's a, a four year term. It's something that's got to happen, you know, quarterly or semiannually. Right. Every six months, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Hey, OK, this is what we did for. Is that helping or hey, we couldn't help you in this way, but we helped you in this way. Absolutely. Was that beneficial? And what that also allows you to do is to take those. It, let's say because it, it takes time to plus up numbers, but it takes that smaller amount of law enforcement that we have now just because of the nature of the beast, maybe bad leadership, maybe the national narrative or a mix of all of it and say, 
we can do a lot more with a little because mm-hmm. we're not just wasting Reassess. our, our, our Reassess. that's right, our sources. And, and communities respect that. You know, one of the jobs I did, um, I worked for a counselor and I was their neighborhood liaison. So I went to all the neighborhood meetings and I talked to folks and it took me a while. I started doing what everybody told me to do when I first started. It took me a while to go, okay, this is wasting everybody's time. Mm. I'm up here just spewing things that you want them to know. But if that is not what affects their life, wow. they yeah. don't care. So I started, you know, okay, I kept a list of the top three. Got all the answers, came back, said, here's where we're at. They never asked me the question again because all they wanted was someone to respect them enough to tell them the actual truth. If you can do it, cool. If you can't, cool. But just tell me. Don't blow smoke. And I started to build, that's how I started building a partnership. They started to trust me to come back with the answers. And so they started to trust me with the real issues. And I don't see a lot of that in the community. So I'm totally down for what you're saying about, let me come ask you. You live there because here, you could come in as a sheriff, make all these changes for a community, and yeah, it targets the crime, but maybe there's an unforeseen thing that comes behind that. That's but right. But if you never come back and ask, hey, how does this work out for you? You could have made it worse. That's right. You know, and just not know. Well, so it's I a like business. That. It's a business principle too. I don't with my business. You know, I look at things quarterly. Hey, is mm-hmm. what we're doing to generate income here working? Is what we're what are is what we're spending? Is that actually you know helping with uh, with our income or is it hurting us? What I mean, it's a marketing thing. Marketing does this all the time. The marketing things I'm doing actually working to generate business. It's the same thing here. You know, it's are the things we're actually doing as civil government to protect the citizens' constitutional rights and those specific needs that they say they have, are they actually working? Mm -hmm. If they are working, are we continuing them? Or Mm -hmm. if they're not working, are we changing course to make sure we have something that works? And I I like what you said about basically maintaining what's working. That's right. And and coming back to it, because that doesn't happen. A lot of times you'll see people just, oh, we got this new initiative, new new tax force. Here you go. And that's it. You know, it, it does what it's supposed to do. Okay, we made a dent. All right, well, after you're done, you know, nature will fill a vacuum. Oh, that's right. Yep. And so I I do like the fact that, you know, it's that constant matrix of making sure that the community has what they need. Um, And, you know, one of the other things that I've noticed is, you know, recently the mayor has said, you know, about partnering with communities and, you know, taking responsibility that, that, that the community should, for lack of a better word, snitch. If you see something, say something, which is great. And everybody should do that as a matter of principle, but not everybody can do that. So if That's you're right. living in the neighborhood where, you know, the gang member or the gang house is down the street and you see something and you say something, they know where you live, too. They're watching their block just like you're watching their block. That's right. And so I'm not going to say irresponsible, but I think it was a little short sighted uh, when the announcements came out that, hey, you know, everybody tell what you know. Well, I gotta still live here. Do you have protection set up for me? If that's I, if that's I snitch? exactly right. Yeah. You know what kind of resources does the sheriff department have? Because you know you want people to report crimes and feel safe and partner, but not at the detriment of their home and you know life, love, and liberty. This this might and this might be something that I know this is something that deters people sometimes, and and then sometimes it doesn't. But here's the bottom line: the reason that people. Uh, won't tell on bad folks in their neighborhood. And we saw this overseas all the time. And they said this to us all the time, say, hey, you're American soldiers, y'all do nothing, right? We have the Army come through, they do nothing. Uh, you just get us hurt or get us in trouble physically. This mm-hmm. ain't, we're not talking about the law coming after anything. We're talking uh-uh. about guys showing up, stealing their stuff, beating them up, whatever it is, killing, raping, doing all mm-hmm. the stuff that they do. Um, so my heart is, if you go in and you say, tell us where they're at, I've got to show you that I'm willing to go in 
and drop the hammer and give the lumber to whoever it is that's victimizing your community. Because mm-hmm. if I don't do that, and see, a lot of people don't like that. They don't want to hear that law enforcement is going to come in and tune folks up. But I tell you this much, if this is if this is a violent criminal enterprise that you're saying, hey, look, they're doing this over, over there, I can promise you this. I'll make sure everybody here that's listening hears and sees this. If you tell us there's a violent criminal enterprise over here, we're going to come in and we're going to target them and get them. And we're going to make them pay for what they're doing. One, for reigning on your constitutional rights, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And then two, for for breaking the law, breaking the law that is supposed to uphold right. your constitutional rights. So I think that that's one of the biggest problems with our our government now is they say these things to make people feel good, and maybe that's what the mayor was saying. Hey, you know, snitch and turn turn folks in. I ain't asking nobody snitch. I'm asking you to tell me where they are because I'm telling you I'm better than they are, and we're right. going to go in and get them. And, and we're not going to bother you, the regular citizens. If right. you're a regular folks, we don't want to deal with you. Right. We want to crush the people who are crushing you. You know, it's like the old West movies. You see the old yeah. West movies, you yes. know, and so you got this bad guy comes into a town and takes it over, and then the people hire a gunman to come in to hopefully, you know, protect them. I, that's you know just just a dumb old, dumb movies, but that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to ask you to tell me where the bad guys are, I should be willing to go and get the bad guys. Right. And so I I don't disagree that some people. I wouldn't. Let's put it this way: if I I, I wouldn't wind up. Uh, I wouldn't tell on the folks in my neighborhood if they're running roughshod over us and I knew, yeah. hey, I'm going to tell on them, but they're going to be right back over here doing right. it because now they're targeting me. Right. Yeah. I mean. And- you know, and that happens so much. I, I remember um, when when I first became a, a committee assistant is what they call assistance to the counselor. And there was this house and everybody was complaining at the neighborhood meeting about this house. And I'm like, I, I called around and there was nothing anybody could do because what they were doing was more civil. You know, they were cranking the music. The, the cars are parked too much. You could give tickets, but OK, they're not going to pay the tickets. So what do you do? And so you have to start getting creative. And I felt so bad for this one lady. She was like across the street and she was just telling me about the bullet holes and the noise and the no sleeping and the grandkids can't come. And, and I felt so bad. And so I really, you know, like you said, take in your resources. Like police can't do anything. But you know what? Let me see if this house is on Section 8. And I was able to contact the housing authority. They were able to tell me the next steps. They got in touch with the owner and the owner kicked them out because they, he was going to lose his money. That oh, was wow, the yeah, way so I could get Hey, there you go. But, but you you said, hey, what's going on? They tell you what's going on. You figure out a way to deal with what's going right. on. And I would argue most of the time it seems our government doesn't do that, which I can't blame people for not wanting to tell anybody. But now on the, on the inverse, I would ask the community that you're there to support, support us. Know when you call law enforcement, we're probably going to get into a fight. We're probably going to arrest somebody, and we might even get into shooting. Right. right. And there's going to be bad coverage and good coverage of that. The community needs to come out and say, no, hey, look, this is what we were dealing with. These guys and gals, they came in and they helped us. They made this better. And that that's uh, I think that's a way we could bridge that gap, because there's nothing I hate more than injustice, mm-hmm. uh, especially to a community, to people who can't. Uh, protect themselves, right? That's right. a scriptural principle. It says that we're supposed to protect the, the, the fatherless and the widow. We're supposed to protect those uh, who can't protect themselves. That's what the scripture saying. It says, right. because God will take up their cause. So if, if I don't do that as sheriff, 
then I'm equally as wrong as the guy yeah, who's yeah. who's who's uh, um, a victimizing them and and running roughshod over that community. So, uh, you know, I have a my heart is definitely for that and. I don't blame people for not telling at the same time. If you do tell, I can promise you as sheriff, we're going to go in and do everything within our power, which is actually a lot, to make sure that you can live your regular life in fearless of violent criminals. And that so. and that's what everybody really needs to hear because it, it is, like you said, we both said, it's about community. It's not a black that's community. Right. It's not a white community because guess what? When you call 911, I promise you, you don't care what color the person is that's coming to save you in whatever trouble <laughs> you send, are just in. Just send somebody. Just send help. I yeah. don't even care. You know, they could be orange with a unicorn horn. Just get them here. I don't care. Um, and and I think that's what people need to you know to really re- focus on this election. Um, my last question is: I work with um, I work with the teachers union, and the other day I was there, and there was one sheriff outside. And there was a situation going over here with some kids in the classroom I could hear. There was another situation going over here. Um, I was talking to a colleague, and they had just, um, that was the day they found, city workers found two bodies near a school. Oh, wow. And they had to shut down the school. And, you know, they were like, you know, I think they thought maybe the suspect had run into the school or something, and it didn't really get publicized. But it occurs to me, do we, if we're 230, 250 young deputies in the field, do we have enough school resource officers? Is that something that, I mean, how does that work? If it gets really, really bad, are they no longer in the schools? Because we definitely need them in the schools. Like, what, what, where are we at with that? You know, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know specifically. I know that uh, talking with buddies at the sheriff's office, guys that worked there, I won't name any of their names. I don't want to get them in trouble or hemmed up or whatever. But they've, um, and I try not to dig too much because it's really irrelevant. You know, I'm not going to put, I don't want to put them in a bad position. I think that's really just cheap to, you know, try to, you know, they're working. They should honor their boss that they're having to work for mm-hmm. right now. With that being said, they still reach out and tell me things. They said that uh, a lot of the deputies are being pulled to put in the schools and being put off, pulled off a of patrol. So they have enough deputies in or around the schools. I don't know if that's true. Again, that's just what I'm told. I know that there's uh, contract positions for, let's say, like retired law enforcement officers to go and be deputies in the schools. So I can't tell you that I don't I don't know if there's a deputy in every school or an officer in every school because you have like like Hoover has some of their own officers that sit in the schools. So that the county doesn't necessarily have to provide somebody there and uh, in, in some of the Hoover schools. And I think even some of the Hoover schools are in Shelby County. Right. So Shelby County deals with that. Mm-hmm. Um I know on this side of town, I know North Jefferson, I know that they've got Jefferson County deputies that work in the schools. I know, uh, you know, Gardendale responded to something over here at Gardendale the other day. So you've got PDs that plus up. I think, I think for the most part, the schools are handled. Now, is that a political move that just happened over the last six months? Maybe, maybe, I don't know. But I do believe that the schools are there. But are there enough guys to work patrol, uh, investigations deal with the violent and property crime we're talking about and deal with the schools? Obviously, no, there, okay. there's there's not. So um, maybe that's not a good answer to your question, no, but, but I, I really real don't know. Answer. Yeah. But here's the thing. It's a real answer. And if someone doesn't start asking a question or putting it out, then you never get an, a Fully better that's answer. Right. That's right. Um, and and it's, it's a reason to be concerned. I mean, we're looking at low resources all the way around that's right that's and right. you know we've got to look at okay we're, we're, if there's nobody doing this what's the option um you know one of the things that impresses me about you and your background is law enforcement and a seal 
which means you know how to work as a team. A team is family. A team is core, is key. But you also know how to take in all the resources available to you. That's right. And make them work in your favor because you may only be rolling in with eight people and Mm -hmm. there's way more on the home turf than there is of you. We're in that situation right now. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to do this with you is to say, we're in that situation right now. Whoever is going around, oh, things are just fine. No, they're not. These numbers say we are not as well protected as we should be, could be, or need to be. It's a problem. That's right. Um, you know, I'm, you know, I, you've answered all my questions very well, but I would like to pose this to you. Um, I've been trying to get you into certain uh, communities to talk, and some of them are a little hesitant because, you know, the big R word, R word's Republican. Um, if you could stand in front of those communities, the black communities on the West End, North Birmingham, all the people that are, you know, ducking and dodging when they hear firecrackers and thinking they're bullets or actual bullets and they're whizzing through their house, what would you say to them? How would you describe yourself to them? Uh, the first thing I'd say is, you know, it don't, and I'll look in the camera, so maybe maybe if they hear it, don't think of this as a Republican or Democrat thing. Think of it as the sheriff is a position that it doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat. It doesn't matter if you're black or white. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. It doesn't matter if you're an atheist who disagrees with everything I believe or if you go to church with me on Sunday. The job of sheriff is to uphold your constitutional right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness at all costs. And that's from a tyrant in government or a criminal on the street. I'm supposed to uphold that at all costs. And I will do that. I promise you I will. I don't care that you're a Democrat. I don't care that you're from a different community than me. I don't care that you're a different color than me, your different uh, ethnic background than me, whatever it is. None of those things matter. I'm supposed to uphold your constitutional rights. And as they revolve around the law and enforce the law in your community so that you can live a regular of a regular life. It's not a Republican and Democrat thing. The sheriff, really, I wish the position didn't have either of the titles. It shouldn't have either either of the titles. Now, do do I lean Republican because of what I believe? Most certainly I do, right? Uh, With that being said, it doesn't matter in the position of sheriff because my job is to protect you from the tyrant government of the criminal on the street, and, and and I will do that. I don't intend to do that. I don't uh, think I can do that, I 100% will do that as your sheriff. And that's what I would say to them. And that's, you know, that's pretty much anybody, anything anybody can ask. You know, um, we as a community tend to expect so much from our leadership when at the end of the day, their father, that's their right. husband, their, you know, grandmother, a wife. Um, but you're still a person at the end of the day. And if you're functioning, like you said, if you're functioning as called by God, if you're functioning as someone who wants to protect their wife, their family, their home, their property, um, then you can appreciate that in anybody else, no matter who they are. That's exactly right. And that, you know, I, I know I'm thinking about a utopia, but in a perfect world, that's all that should matter. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm going to get a lot of blowback of, well, how much is he paying you? Well, he's not. And I'm, I'm just going to say this to you know people who look like me. He's not paying me. Um, I believe in what he has to say. I believe he's right in what he's he's saying needs to be done because if we're real in the salons and the barbershops, um, just hanging, we all say the same thing. But we, for some reason, don't hold the people that we elect to the things that we say and we know we need in private. So I'm just going out there. Yes, he's a white man. Yes, he's a Republican. I'm not necessarily a Republican or a Democrat. Actually, I'm alt-middle. I just want somebody who's going to do the right thing for the right reasons. And we all need that. So I have no problem supporting you. I have no problem letting everybody I know 
know that I'm supporting you because I feel like we need a change and we're at a more critical situation than we ever realized we were. So Absolutely. You well, have thank my support. Thank you so much, ma'am. And then for uh, you know, for all of our listeners and people from from our community, um, take take this message. I mean, you you've heard what Miss Genty said about the different communities, all the different communities that that you're in. Whoever's listening to us, wherever you're at, make sure you take this message to your community in the way that that she said it. Right? Is that we need to do the right thing, and that's ultimately what government's supposed mm-hmm. to do. We're supposed to be there to do the right thing, not impose. Um, the power that's been given to us uh, on the citizens, but to use that power to empower them to protect their constitutional rights. You know, that's why that's why you need good leaders. Heavy as the crown would yeah. be the, would be yeah. the saying, right? But if so, it was easy, everybody would do it. That's so. exactly right. And uh, well, I, I appreciate your support. I appreciate you taking time to to interview us today on this this podcast. Those are great questions. Uh, real quick, now I know uh, that there's. A, do you want to give a a, a a pitch out there for? Uh, you you got a podcast that you're starting. Yes. I know I, I would like you to mention that because I'd like for people listening and you're starting a podcast. You do uh, you you smoke cigars at a cigar shop sometimes, right? I know. Yes. So I, I love that. That's the greatest thing I've ever I've ever heard. Actually, that's um, what the podcast is. It's called right. Connoisseur Podcast, and we celebrate all things that are cigar, cocktail, culture, and cuisine. I went to culinary school. Schools. So oh my. Yeah. What? I, I neglected to mention that part. Yes. Because yeah, we would have had you bring us something. Well, if you. Hey, I mean, I and you're coming, you're coming shop. down. Uh, I know. That's what yeah. she said. She made a pound cake at like yeah. 11 o'clock My one signature night. chocolate pound cake. Oh, my gosh, man. With homemade whipped cream and the butter that oh I make myself. Oh, my gosh. What? Yes. So, yes. Um, but yeah, that actually will be, it'll launch at the end of the month. And it's a buddy of mine who is in the end of September, like two weeks or in October, um, two weeks. Okay. Yeah. I've got a, I've got, I've been editing my little heart out, but, um, it's just fun and educational. I actually teach classes on how to smoke cigars, how to pick them and all of that good stuff. Um, I'm from Tampa, Cigar City. There you go. Send my blood. So. Well, y'all, y'all watch on uh, on our stuff, Ben. Can you once that gets going, once your link gets going, uh, Ben can add the link pretty easy, so y'all can click on that and listen to to her podcast if you're interested. Uh, Steven's saying I can add that as if he's you know, <laughs> like ask Ben. Ben, look at him over there. I mean, he looks like a little like computer guy. He look does at look him. like a tech guy. He is a he tech really guy. Does. That's what he yeah. is. Let me tell you. All right, <laughs> so I can read so it. one time we're doing it. We're doing a job. We're doing a job in uh. In Salt, well, this is you know for my normal business. We're doing a job in Salt Lake City, a security assessment or whatever. And he's out there doing his drone thing or whatever, flying his drone around because we'll fly the drone around the, the school to get all this oh, data. Cool. Steven's looking at his watch, like, all right, hurry up on your, no, your freaking, freaking flying his drone around, looking at stuff. But he's getting his drone prepped and ready. We're staying in a hotel just outside the airport, and uh, there's an FBI headquarters right beside the hotel. And Ben's out there in the parking lot, flying his drone. <laughs> And he's flying it around the FBI building, oh, and he gets no. approached. Now, this is during all the like the Antifa stuff, the riots. Oh, you know, they're attacking no. the federal courthouse. This is during that time, and he's this FBI guy walks out, and says, "Hey, uh, hey, buddy, you know that's uh, that's an FBI building right there." But it's like, "Oh, I don't know." We drive out on the way out. There's a big sign on the front that says "Federal Bureau of Investigation." <laughs> he's flying that was around. A- <laughs> yeah, it's right by the awning of the hotel. So um, that's uh, so he. Yeah, he's definitely he he's definitely our little tech guy and gets us. Uh, we try to you know, stay out of trouble, but sometimes he gets questions asked about. It. It's like, oh no, we swear we're flying this drone, going to fly it around schools and just testing it. He does, man. Yeah, look at him. And but uh, no, well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. Thank you for what you said. And your questions are great. And please, you know, 
if you're listening to this, please share this. Again, follow us. Get out and vote on November the yes. 8th. It's not just your right, it's your duty mm-hmm. to get out and vote and uh, vote your values. And I believe if you look at our website, if you look at us, you'll understand that our, our values align no matter what. Uh, no matter what community you come from, if you're in Jefferson County, I think our values will align. So uh, we appreciate your time. You mind if I close this in prayer? Absolutely. Lord Jesus, we love you. We praise you. I thank you for my sister in Christ right here, Miss Genty. I just ask that you would bless her, bless her, uh, uh, her, her business, her family, everything she's got going on, the podcast she has coming up, and let her paint a picture of you, Lord Jesus, to the world around her so that someone could come to know you uh, through this woman's words and actions. I pray for her family, that you would protect them, keep them. Uh, as, as they work, as they go to school, the grandkids, the kids, God, everybody's in the same boat. I just ask that you would protect this woman and her family. Just ask that you protect mine and the other men in this room. I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would uh, be with this campaign. Get the glory and honor for everything in this campaign. I ask that you would uh, uh, let someone come to know you through our words and actions. Ultimately, I do pray for our leadership in the sheriff's office right now. I pray for our leadership in Birmingham and all around Jefferson County, God, that you would change their hearts, change their minds, change the community, ultimately to turn to you, Lord Jesus. Light this place up with your love, with your grace, and let everything we do honor and glorify you. We love you, Lord. We praise you. We pray this in your name. Amen.